A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. What a come down from the Commons to Wandsworth Prison. Once a respected public servant, David Chater is now dealing with the ignominy and bitter humiliation of life as a convicted criminal. I'm Christopher Hope, The Telegraph's associate editor. And I was there when The Telegraph broke the 2009 MP's expenses scandal. On this flat in London, he claimed more than £15,000 in rent. A colleague of ours, Robert Winnett, said to us, we've got hold of the entire disc of MP expenses and we need you guys to go through them in nine days. There's an air of calm at the Daily Telegraph, but the stories written here this week have caused a political earthquake. Speaker Michael Martin resigned. I mean, the first speaker in centuries to resign. Not one MP here has witnessed a day like this before. Not for 300 years have members forced a speaker out of his chair. And all because of, um, of journalism. And it's an immensely proud day, I think, for the Telegraph and for us. Where people have made mistakes, they will be punished. Where people have to resign, they will have to resign. MPs were always underpaid going back into the 1980s and 90s because they were reluctant to take pay rises because that might give them bad headlines. So what had happened was the whips had quietly said to MPs, look, just push through some expenses claims of this and that. We can pay those so we can top up your pay through the expenses system. And this worked very well through the 80s and 90s, and MPs' pay was broadly suppressed compared to where it may have been. When uh, the Freedom of Information Act came in, when Tony Blair passed it in the late 90s, that offered a chance for the lid to be lifted on what was being going on, how MPs were really being paid. Tony Blair called himself a nincompoop for bringing it in. Freedom of information. I look at those words as I read them and feel like shaking my head till it drops off my shoulders. For political leaders, it's like saying to someone who is hitting you over the head with a stick, hey, try this instead and handing them a mallet. Some sample FOI submissions were put in by Heather Brook, as well as journalists for The Telegraph and The Sunday Times, and that led to a ruling that in these certain six cases there should be disclosed these um, individual claims going back four years. Um, that was challenged, I think, at the time, and eventually it came to the point where Parliament was told to release these um, expenses claims going back four years at the time. So um, there's a view that they should be, they should cross out personal details of MPs. And that was taking place um, at the, the early part of 2009 in, in a room in Parliament. And then suddenly there was rumours of, uh, of a disc being, being hawked around Fleet Street. Um, this disc contained the details, of the unredacted details of all MPs going back four years. And then, in about April 2009... It fell into our hands at the Telegraph. 
I remember being phoned up by Chris Evans, who's now our editor at the time, was the head of news, and he said, can you come in for some special training? At the time, the Telegraph was going through a lot of changes, so it wasn't abnormal to be asked to go in for training. But it was on a bank holiday Monday, so I came in along with others. I was the last to arrive, so I lived, lived quite far away at that point. And we went into a room, and at that point, a colleague of ours, Robert Winnett, now the deputy editor of the paper, said to us, right, we're not training, we've got hold of the entire disc of MP expenses and we need you guys to go through them in nine days. It wasn't easy. You couldn't search for things like, let's say, a duck house or a moat because all the documents were photographs, PDF photographs. You simply had to go through each one and click down and look for things and make notes on a pad of paper. We were very worried at the time about security. We had to do all this. There was a team of around eight reporters in the room. We did it on unnetworked computers, i.e. they weren't linked to the internet. The big concern was we'd be hacked or the information would leach out. There was a huge, we didn't know if this evidence that we had of all these different receipts for claims, what it was. We had no idea what was going on. So what we had to, we had a big whiteboard up in the room tried to identify what was happening. One of them was these uh, MPs were using the allowance on one property and then moving it to a second property and then back again. I thought that sounded like flipping, where you flipped debt between two companies. So we called flipping equals, you know, draining the allowance on one property and flipping it to the next one. The second home allowance was meant to be about reimbursing the specific costs incurred for MPs having to have a home in the seat and a home close to Westminster. But over the years, it mutated into something else. So if I was walking into this room, we called it the bunker. We'd walk in and to my left, there were some computers for the, the subs, the production team who would come in later. We created all the pages we were doing, we created from in that actual room. So none of the pages about MP expenses were created elsewhere in our newsroom. It was a self-contained mini newsroom. Any one time around 12, 12 people or so in the room. And then every so often, uh, Will Lewis, the editor, would walk in saying, right, what do you got? Clap his hands and we'd try and get him excited about things. And we found other ways the MPs would make money for themselves, really. They would claim the maximum food allowance through August when they weren't even in Parliament. They're still claiming the full amount. So for, for days and days we were going in there, just clicking through this information, not knowing if it was real or not, and trying to work out a, a series of, of you know, what, what's the patterns that we're seeing here, what's going on, because it was a world which no one knew about. They were claiming money for all sorts of things. There was a thing called a John Lewis list, which is a list of things you, you could claim for, and, and what was different. There were rumours of, of a sauna or a steam room claimed on expenses, and we were trying to find this mystical ginger crinkle biscuits, uh, cat food for the cat. You'd be going through it and you'd be yelping at what was going on. You're, what? How can they claim that? And occasionally there'd be an eruption. We'd see something we found interesting. I remember vividly my colleague Nick Allen going through um, an obscure backbenchers detail called Peter Vigors and he found he'd claimed for a, a duck house. Forget the chandelier, the hair straighteners and rhododendrons. This rather fine floating home for ducks may best symbolise the mess MPs now find themselves in. It was the early days of Google Earth, so we found it where he lived and then, and then zoomed in by a satellite onto his back garden and we found this little lake and in the middle of the lake was an island and on the island sat this duck house and I just said, gosh, you can see it from space. So that was a, 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 real, uh, a real moment. 
It got gradually more and more fetid in this room. I mean, there's pizza boxes. They didn't want to have anyone cleaning the room because they weren't sure what we were throwing away. We gave commitments to Parliament that we were treating the information, which we did very sensitively. We had every MP's private address, bank details, we had everything. We were literally inside their private lives. Um, it was quite intense, 12 hour days. The problem we had is we couldn't find out if the documents were real until we approached somebody about it. And that happened in May 2009. Um, I remember it being a Thursday and we had to go to the members of the Labour Cabinet about their expenses. Um, I think my colleague Rob Winnett phoned up and put calls into all of the different members of the Cabinet. One of them was involving council tax and, and Jack Straw, who at the time was the Justice Secretary. He had claimed on one property and not the other one. And he came back and confirmed, yes, that was a, that was a mistake. It wasn't meant to be claimed that way and I paid the money back. And as soon as he admitted that, we knew the entire cache of documents was real and we were away. Tonight at 10, the expense claims of several cabinet ministers are revealed in detail. The figures were obtained by a national newspaper and they include claims going back to 2004. The Prime Minister is among 13 senior ministers. So we started with the cabinet and we started with, of course, Gordon Brown was Prime Minister. He was on the front page. The following day we did the Speaker and then the following Monday's paper we did the Shadow Cabinet. No one had any idea we were doing this until it broke on the Friday morning. It is why Employment Minister Tony McNulty tonight is in political hot water. He's claimed £60,000 of your... I am angry about what has happened. It is out of order. Some of this is an abuse. The embarrassment begins tonight for the government. It will follow, we're told, for other parties and for people at lower levels in the House of... It wasn't right, was it, really? It was um, less than honest. My memories from that time are just one of, an, of immense excitement. You know, each night we'd, we'd go down the escalators from the Telegraph office here in Victoria and go next door to a big hotel and just put the TV on and just watch our stories being poured about and everyone reacting to them. It was very rare in, in your journalistic life that, um, that you are the absolute focal point of the national conversation for about a month. And we were producing new things every single day, new revelations. No one knew where we were going next. I remember phoning up an MP and saying, um, oh, it's, you know, it's Chris Hope for Telegraph. And they went, because oh, it was the phone call. It was the phone call they were getting from the Telegraph. And what, what have they got that I didn't know about? And a lot of MPs hadn't really thought about what was in their expenses. The Daily Telegraph accused the Liberal Democrat MP Andrew George of claiming for a London flat, which was really his daughter's student digs. We'd do these stories in the Telegraph and then local papers would get hold of it and then that be, that's when it became difficult for the MPs because they'd be asking questions and there'd be meetings held, they'd be booed and heckled and shouted. Um, there's a question time programme on BBC One six days after we started and the entire programme was dedicated to the expenses scandal. Now that never happened. Good evening. The expenses scandal just keeps on going, dragging the mother and of And you had um, MPs trying to defend themselves, who was booing and shouting and... It really did uh, capture a feeling of, um, of anger amongst members of the public. Well, the legacy, I think, was no, no question uh, a change in the way politics was conducted. When the Speaker resigned, well, that was the moment at which um, I think, wow, we are rewriting history here. This is the moment. So was Michael Martin a scapegoat? Perhaps. But there will now be a... It did result in a huge clear-out of MPs back in 2010. It led to um, several MPs going to prison for fraud. 
was a you know it was a real a, a moment I think when um, maybe after the after the financial crisis in 2008 when bankers were, ta were taking down a peg or two by angry, angry uh, customers and angry members of the public. This is the moment when politics got its comeuppance. Other people have linked the phone hacking scandal, um, which affected parts of the media a few years later, with a further kind of an assault on that. You know, and it goes, so it goes on to Brexit in, in 2016. You could argue there's a line drawn back to the MP expenditure scandal through to Brexit when um, the British people thought, you know, up with this, we will not put, we're going to change things. I think, you know, there's a, it was a real kind of moment in this country's history, and uh, for me, it was a scoop of the decade. Eyewitness History is a Telegraph original podcast. It was produced by Giles Gear, Louisa Wells and Theodora Leloudis. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow in your favourite podcast app and leave a review to help others find the show. And if you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio for your first month free.